Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. This is our special edition Coffee with the Sarlos episode. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to do show notes or do you want to make it a special Christmas episode? No, let's not do show notes. Okay, let's just jump into the good stuff then. If you want show notes, those are on other episodes, mm-hmm. um, but this one is just special. It's something that we love doing every single year um, to keep you company on Christmas morning. Mm-hmm. Or whenever you choose to listen to mm-hmm. it, right? Okay, so um, I've got three stories. Okay. Uh, The very first story is um, a Zoom session, and I have a group. So this is four women, and the appointment is actually booked for one woman. The other three women are calling in, and they want to participate, but what ends up happening is mostly that they end up doing a lot of listening. Um but that's their choice. So they want, there's four of them plus myself. And the person that I'm addressing will be named Cindy Lou. Right? You're going to name them. Oh, no, that's all I've got. (laughs) Unless we're calling someone the Grinch. I thought you were. Okay. This, that's really cute. Okay. Okay. Um, so Cindy Lou, not Cindy Lou who? If it flows well for you, go for it. I'm just teasing. Um, okay. So her name is Cindy Lou and she's in her nineties. Oh, this is even better. Yeah. Okay. And, um, I, I really can't see much of her. In all honesty, it's one of those things. Oh, I know. It's the worst. <laughs> it's, it's like half ceiling and half head. It's like three quarters ceiling. Mm-hmm. And the the part that is um, of her head really is, is just sort of like a part of her chin and mostly her nostrils. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and I'm, I'm trying to, at the very beginning of it, just as just a, a, an aside to the show, um, I almost said something like, could you move the camera? Like, it was like, do I have to look up her nostrils for this hour? And then the guides were just like, time out. Do not do that. Yeah. And I thought, what? And they were like, no, 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 you suck it up. Mm-hmm. This She's is- 90. Nobody cares. I- exactly. Don't you worry. We've got all of this. Don't you worry about what you're looking at. We're fine. Look over at us. Focus. <laughs> keep your eyes here. Right. Mm -hmm. So I just thought, oh, okay. And I had the other three women on screen and they're not together. They're in different, um, segments Mm -hmm. or frames, pardon me, different frames. So that that was fine because then I also had somewhere else to look to, even though I'm addressing Cindy Loon, it's her session. So that's how this was kind of, there, there's the setup for it. And, um, the girl, I'll call them the girls said to me, the three other women said uh, that, you know, they had prefaced it before mom came on that this was her session and that they were there as support for her and to give clarity um, if that, if, if that was necessary. So they were there to support me and there to support her. Lovely. Yeah, it was, it was beautiful. Um, and, and I don't really think that we need to name any of them. If we do. The girls. Yeah, I don't think so. I'm just going to refer to them as the girls. Um, and not to be condescending, I know they're all grown women, mm-hmm. but okay. So Cindy Lou says to me, um, you know, whatever, just sort of like this. And I thought, whatever, what? And then one of the, one of her daughters says, um, mom wants you to go open. And I said, oh, okay. Which surprised me because I kind of thought it was going to be a medical intuitive session. 
And I don't know why, maybe her age, I'm not certain, but the guides came in and said, no, we're prepared. We, we got this. And I went, okay. And I hear, and now I can't scream into the microphone because you will absolutely lose your shit on me. As will everyone else. Yes. But I, I do just want to, to say, I hear mom, mom, mom. Did I do that? Okay. That's great. <laughs> so two moms and a ma, and it was just like the most exuberant yell. <laughs> it was just like so much happiness. And I hope I got that across in the tone of voice as best I could. And I, I hear these three voices, these three ways to say mom. And it's like, okay, with that comes the feeling that I get that there are three separate identities. It's not one person. What the guys are telling me is that I have three, three souls calling her mom. And it's like, oh, okay. And I hear from the guides, two are miscarriages. Mom, mom is the miscarriage. Ma is a stillbirth. Wow. And it's like, holy crap. Plus she has three daughters. So there's six pregnancies. There could be far more than that. But I know now that there are six pregnancies for sure. And so I, I said to her, well, I, you know, Cindy Lou, I'm being greeted with mom, mom, ma. And I yelled them like the way with all of the exuberance that the souls could give me. Mm -hmm. And the three daughters are like, <laughs> they're just like, what? And Cindy Lou I really can't see a whole lot of response from. Mm -hmm. I can feel it synesthetically. I can't see a whole lot. And so I just continue. And I said to the guides, okay, what's up? And the two miscarriages start and say, we want to say to our mom that we're here and that we love her and that we're here with what she's going through. The three of us have arrived. We're here. Like this. And it was like, we're here with love. We're here with confidence. We're grown-ass people. And I'm like, you're grown-ass people? What kind of people are you? Just so that, you know, are you male? Are you female? Are you they? I don't know. Do you want to identify? What are we doing with it? And the two said, um, well, we're both female. And I said, okay. And then the the stillbirth says, I'm a, mis I'm, I'm a stillbirth and I'm female as well. Okay, so she's got three girls, she's got three daughters on earth. Okay, so then I pass along all of this information, and um, she knows the, the sex of the stillbirth, mm -hmm. and so did the girls. And they said, well, actually, uh, we have another person here with us, and I hear, hello, Karen. Oh, the guides. Yeah, okay. but a deep voice. Hello, I'm her first husband. Aww. And I'm like, oh, hi. And he says, I'm her first husband. And um, these three are my children. Wow. With her. But I've passed over and she has a, a, another husband, her second husband, who fathered these three beautiful women that are sitting with you today. Mm -hmm. And I want those three women to know that I love them. Aww. Oh, Kelly. Like... And I, of course, there's lots of tears here. So mm -hmm. I'm just going to say, not every single time, that there are just lots of tears. Mm -hmm. 
And he says, I want her daughters to know that while I know that they have a father with her that's alive and their dad's alive, that I'm like their other dad. And that I want them to know that we are we are family because of Cindy Lou. Aww. And that we all feel that way on this side. That this is this is all family and that we come from the space of love. And that we don't have any of your human bullshit. Mm-hmm. We don't have where we hurt each other. We don't have or, or the miscarriages and the stillbirth, don't carry all of, I'll call it our human baggage. So we have a different kind of love for them. And I need for Cindy Lou to know that when I passed over, I found these girls and that I have spent my time with them because she has often wondered that. And I just need for her to have some closure. I'd like her to know. Yeah, that's that's tremendous loss. To lose three children and the husband? Yeah. And then, you know, you hear that Cindy Lou went on after that? Young. I'm assuming to go on and mother three other children. This all occurred, he told me, during the war. And he didn't say when he, like, he never said, and I died in the war. He never said that. Mm -hmm. He just said that this would all be what she would have referred to as those years. Mm -hmm. But I mean, that could also mean that she met her second husband during that time too. Um, I don't know. He didn't give me technicalities. He just said she calls those like back into her war years. Mm -hmm. That's all. And it, it didn't seem relevant. So what was relevant was that he had found them, that he was affirming all of that for them, that... Everything was about that there was love and that they were present. And it was just to give her that knowing and that closure. Mm -hmm. And then he says to her, I want you to know, Cindy Lou, that I love you. I know you have another man, but that's okay. You just like kids, we can love more than one. Simple. Mm -hmm. Nothing confusing here. And then he says, and it's really important for her to know about the cottage, Karen. And I said, okay, what, what, what about the cottage? And he says, well, there's a cottage that's been in Cindy Lou's family for generations. And I had been there. I know about the cottage. And her current husband has been to that cottage. It's actually more theirs than I ever would have said mine. And he says, but we, we buried our stillbirth baby there. Mm. And he says, and... This is something that's in the family, and the the girls that are listening, they know the cottage is still in the family. They're going to keep it in the family. It's not a money issue thing. It's just a cottage thing, which I thought was really interesting because some families fight over the cottage. Mm -hmm. It becomes a money thing. It becomes, this is what it's worth, and I want my half. Right. Or I want my third, or I want my ninth, or whatever it is, right? And that's not what this was. There was enough emotional intelligence in this group or financial, maybe stability, where the cottage didn't need to be seen as I need my one, my, my, my one, my sorry, my, I made up a word. <laughs> Wouldn't be the show if you didn't. <laughs> True. Um, their share. So the cottage is there and he says, um, everybody knows the story. Everybody knows that 
that our stillbirth daughter is there and um, she's honored there. And he says, I just want her to know that we all know and that um, we all appreciate that. And here she is and she's sitting with her sisters and with aunt, with me. And um, I just need for her to know all of these kinds of things so that she can sink into things. Mm-hmm. And he goes, and, and, you know, and we're done. Mm. And I'm like, what? And he goes, and we're done. And I went, oh, okay. So all of that got said to Cindy Lou, and I have to honestly say not much was said right to the very end. And the three daughters talked to me more and said, thank you very much. But that was kind of it. And our session was over. And it just, I'm going to say it went fairly smoothly, but I never really heard much from Cindy Lou. And then later that night, one of the three women that were in that session called and said, okay, so you need to have a little bit of closure too. Very nice. And I said, I would love that. And I said, and she goes, we realize we put you in an awkward situation with mom just up on the screen. We realized after the fact that we could have had somebody just sit in the room and you could have looked at their face, but we wanted to honor mom. Mm-hmm. And it was about her and it was for her. And I said, okay. And she says, and we kind of get the idea about what you do that you know. And she says, so we just wanted to confirm with you that mom is dying and that we wanted to give her her closure so she could die peacefully. And that our Christmas gift to mom was you. Because we knew that you, because we've all seen you, but Mm -hmm. we know you forget this kind of stuff. And I'm like, oh, shit, I didn't even know I hadn't seen them. We know you forget that, but we wanted to give that gift to mom, that that she could talk to her first husband because she's going to be with him very soon. Mm-hmm. And her babies. And her babies. And we just left it in your hands that you would say what she needed to hear because mom really only has about a day or two. And wow. we showed you a part of her to kind of use something. But we know we didn't give you a good angle. We did that on purpose. We didn't want you to really know that it was in a hospital bed. Mm. We really didn't want to disgrace mom by kind of showing what she really looked like. So she says, we realized afterwards when we saw the picture of her on the screen that we gave you her nostrils, she says that we kind of all giggled afterwards. They don't age. Yeah. She goes, we kind of all giggled afterwards that all we gave you of mom really was like, yeah. A terrible camera v- view. That's very generous, though, to have considered their mom that way and, and her, her dignity. Yes. Yes. But I think it speaks of everything about the whole family. Yeah. Like, you hear it in all of them. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, it's just, I don't, it's consistent. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, she says to me, we, I just wanted to call you on behalf of all the other girls She never said if there were more people in the family. I did not ask. Not my business. And she says, I just wanted to thank you on behalf of the three of us for giving mom peace. That is what we wanted for her to have. And we just did not know how to give it to her. And then we thought of you. So that's my first story. Lovely. With Cindy Lou. Are you ready for the second part? I am. Do you have room for one of mine? Yes. It doesn't need to be right now. I just would like to get it in before the end of the show. Yes. And it's just quick. 
Okay. So do I do this one? This one's quick too. Actually, this can be four short stories and this one's a quick one. Um, A young gentleman called, I'd put him around 16 and we could see each other. So I I don't remember which way, but anyway, we saw each other and I don't mean in person Mm -hmm. because of COVID. I have to just keep explaining that because people still are asking for in-person sessions as of today, actually. Um, And he wanted to go with open and I hear a dog barking. Oh boy. And I'm like, oh, this is not going to be open. He's looking for a dog. Oh, on the other side. Oh, yes. On the, oh, pardon me. Yes. Dead dog. And (laughs) so, so much tact. Right. Okay. So that's true. That was, there was no tact in that at all. No. Okay. So his dead dog. We're just, we're rolling with it though. I'm trying. (laughs) Okay. Would you like to name the dog? Nicholas. Oh, okay. You're, I love what you're doing. Trying. Okay. So Nicholas comes running at me. Oh my God, Kelly, this great big St. Bernard. Just, and I know that breed, so I know what I'm doing this time. So he comes running at me and he's just like full of love. Oh my word. And I said, oh, do you want to name the young man? Oh, um, Pierre. So I said, Pierre, I said, I have a St. Bernard. And he goes, puts his hands over his eyes and he goes down. I I feel that. And I said, okay. So I'm thinking, do I continue? Do I not? Maybe this is exactly what he wants. Maybe it's what he wants, but now that he's in the emotion, he can't. Yeah. Maybe he needs a minute. So I just fold my hands and I just sit quietly and I just let him be because he needs time. And that's fine. I'm good with that. And then finally, a few minutes later, he comes up and he says, okay, thank you, Karen. You can go. And I said, do you mean go as in speak to Nicholas or do you mean go as in proceed with something else? Because I need to have direction after the response that you've had, because my intention is not to be hurtful. Oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. That's not what I meant. And I said, I'm just asking for clarity, hon. Just let me know what you'd like. And he goes, no, I want necklace. And I said, okay then, because I would have been so disappointed if I couldn't have channeled Nicholas, because holy crap, does that dog love you? And he goes, loved me. And he goes, he's dead. And I'm like, no, I know that. He's dead dog. I know that. He loves you. Mm-hmm. Pierre, the love doesn't end, sweetheart. And he goes, oh, what? And I said, no, Pierre, the love doesn't end. He still loves you. That's why I said it that way. And then we need another moment because it's like, oh, I thought it ended. I thought there was nothing after this. I said, you, you mean like just a black hole? And he goes, yeah, like I just thought there was nothing. And so if there's just a black hole, then there can't be an emotion. Well, that was a big limb going, going out there and finding a medium if your belief is a black hole. Right. Good for him. Yes. So I said, well, I'm going to continue because Nicholas wants to say some things to you. Would that be Okay. I said, so will that cross the boundary if I do this? And he goes, no, 
He says, I don't even know what that really means, given that I don't have a belief about anything. I said, no, you do have a belief. You have a belief that there's nothing. And I said, so I'm making sure that I'm not crossing that belief. If I'm now going, no, he says, I get the point. <laughs> he goes, and now I'm understanding that I called you so that you would do this. And none of that made sense. And I went, right. He goes, so you just put a crack in my black hole. Well, it'll be fun trying to name this show. <laughs> okay. I got how good that was. <laughs> and then I was going to say something worse and I'm not going to. Okay. I'm going to try and keep this cleaner. <laughs> so Nicholas says to me, Karen, he's the love of my life. He said, we did everything together including that I went to work with him every day. And he said, I sat in the truck. He says he would open the door, let me out. I'd run around the truck. And he still thinks on occasion that he sees me doing that. He thinks he sees the blur of me just running past. And he'll kind of turn quickly to see if it's there, if I'm really there. And I said, okay, I'll tell him that. And um, we'll see if that's an affirmation for him. And he goes, okay. So I told Pierre. Pierre, I told Pierre that, and he goes, oh my God, yeah. He goes, he did, he went to work with me, and he start, he, Pierre starts to tell me all the stories about them going to work, and he goes, Karen, I do. He says, sometimes I get out of the truck, and I swear to God, he jumps out of the front seat. And I said, well, I said, Nicholas is saying that it gets confusing now because you have another dog. And I said, you have another St. Bernard, and I said, but it's not as big yet. So obviously there is a, a difference in size in the dogs. So, so you have to kind of look to make sure that you weren't seeing your puppy. Mm -hmm. And he goes, that's really true. And, and then Nicholas says to me, um, when I say that he was the love of my life, he says, I mean that. And he says, and I mean it, that I was the love of his life too. Mm. And he says, he never felt lonely. He never felt, you know, like Kelly, you know, when you, when you're mad at your mom and dad, or you think your whole family sucks mm -hmm. and you think your whole family's mean, and then you go off and the dog comes and walks with you and you sit in your room with the dog. And then you think, yeah, they're all a bunch of assholes, but I have you, you know, that you can be mad at your family because you're still being loved mm -hmm. and it gives you that security to be angry with your family, mm -hmm. to work through the feeling. You don't have to shove it down and ignore it because that dog is there saying, that's okay, I got your back, I got you, I love you. So he said, I gave that to him. I gave that to Pierre. I'm proud of myself. That was my purpose. He gave me purpose. And I, so I said all of this to Pierre and he goes, so true, so true. He goes, that's why I wanted another dog. He goes, I just didn't know what to do with my feelings. Mm. And he goes, so they call him my therapy dog. Love it. And I thought, wow, what a beautiful way to describe a therapy dog. And, um, and then Nicholas said, I, um, I want him to know he was my purpose. I want him to know that I felt secure. I want him to know that I felt loved and that that allowed me to feel all of my feelings too. 
and that that's what love does when it goes both ways. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. That's that story. Aww. I shouldn't have chosen to follow a dog story. This is my mistake. <laughs> this is a bad decision. <laughs> Your turn. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay, it's very quick. It was just a piece of a young woman's session. Um, she. Do you want to name her? I'll flip the tables. Um, Nikki. Nikki. Okay. So Nikki came for a personal, pardon me, attended a personal session via Zoom. And we spent the majority of her session working on people-pleasing skills. Mm. She called with the intention to really um, be able to assess her relationship with her significant other in healthier ways because he was trying to help her come out of the people-pleasing and she was staying in it. And we spent probably about 45 minutes on that. Mm. And I kept checking in and saying, are we touching on your needs? Yes, please keep going. I need more of this is how she would respond. And then at my 15 minutes left check-in, I said, you know, did you want to go open or continue with what we're doing? And she said, you know what? I think I'd really like to hear from my grandfather. Just anything you get open from him. Mm. I said, sure. So... He came in and he he goes, well, here, Kelly, and I can't do it, but he was like trying to slip me money, but he was trying to hide it. And I'm thinking, what the hell's going on? And he goes, well, I, I, I hid the fact that I would slip her money and then she'd hide it. Oh. And so I said to Nikki, I said, I, he's trying to hand me money, but it's a secret, but it's not much. It's like a dollar. It's not like he was slipping you a rent check, you know? And right. she goes, no, that's right. He would slip me like little coins and I would hide them in my shoe. Oh. And it was just that's his so like cute. his little hello, which I thought was just so beautiful. And um, I'll say the equivalent of what some people look for when they say, well, what did they call me? Mm. Or what was my nickname? Mm -hmm. It was their greeting, right? It was Mm -hmm. something that was just shared between them. And she was just tickled. And um, so I I just asked her grandfather, like, is is there another purpose? Or is it really just to have a a hello, it's nice that you're there with me? Mm. And he said, no, I was her person. Mm -hmm. I was the person that made her feel secure and loved. But he goes, but you do need to tell her that she admired me for the qualities that she's now trying to address and fix in her own self. He said, I was the people pleaser and I don't want her to put me on a high horse anymore or a pedestal because then she can't address her own behaviors. Right. So he said, "I, I want her to feel secure addressing these things, knowing that we're still connected. Mm. which I thought was also really lovely the way he framed that. Well, necessary. Yes. Cause she's a young, she's a young woman. She'd be in her mid twenties, I would say. Well, it's like a missing piece, eh, Kelly? Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes how you can, you can do all the right things, but you're missing an emotional piece mm-hmm. or a memory piece or a permission piece, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so his message was really just to say that he had loved her in a way that made her feel secure Mm -hmm. about herself Mm -hmm. and about the two of them. And um, he said, Kelly, you can tell her that our last goodbye to each other was not not my deathbed, was not where either of us thought it was going to be the final goodbye. Mm -hmm. But we loved each other so deeply and so presently when we were together 
that every time we said goodbye, it felt like closure. And so when I passed, it was not something that weighed on her of stress and anxiety if I didn't get to say goodbye because they didn't leave things unsaid or unexpressed. Oh, beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just thought that was such a really lovely lesson for people to have um, because it's, you know, it's the very thing that makes me turn around when I go out your door Mm -hmm. and go, I didn't hug her. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's, it, it used to be from a place of anxiety and now it's from a place of love and closure, mm-hmm. um, that there would just really, truly be no regrets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she could mm-hmm. just see the, the, the relief and connection all at once on her face. And I just thought that was really, really lovely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love your story. Yeah. I, I think it's a beautiful one to follow the dog's story. I just feel like nothing can touch a dog's love, I think but you're he, right. I think you did. Okay. I think you got it. I was, I was, and you know what? I was really happy for Nikki because yeah. I think, you know, to have that apology from her grandfather, which was what came through about his behavior, um, about the people pleasing will be the thing that allows her to have that kind of love with her 20 something year old significant other, mm-hmm. hopefully Aww. for the rest of their lives. Yeah. Imagine, like you're saying, imagine getting the piece that you need mm-hmm. younger than waiting or not getting it at all and then trying to figure out why you couldn't open up or why you couldn't receive or why you couldn't give. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Thank you. It was, it was very memorable mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. I, I hope that's memorable for everybody listening. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Back to you. Okay, my last story. Um, okay. There are, there are a variety of people involved in this one. So, um, would you like to name, uh, how do I start this? There's a, uh, with the client, why don't you name the female client? Um, Julie. Okay. So, um, now I have to explain, there are several people present Mm -hmm. and this was pre COVID days. Okay. So they were here at the house. This is, this is actually from my memory, this story. Um, and I, and I really believe that it came to the surface because I asked the spirit guides for a Christmas story and I just was struggling. As you know, we've rebooked taping this show Mm -hmm. several times. And then finally the spirit guides landed and gave me this one too. So Julie amongst some siblings came to see me in the living room and there were several of them. It was full. So to say full, there were probably five people in the living room. And um, the siblings said, you know what? We're just going to let you go open first. And I thought, oh, usually when siblings come, they've lost parents. And and that's typically why. But I heard the spirit come through and just, oh, my God, Kelly, so cute. Whoop, 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 like this. And I'm like, "Um, okay, (laughs) I don't know who this is. I need more. And I heard whoop, whoop, whoop. And so I told everybody, I started going literally out loud in the room, whoop, whoop, whoop. And all of them, all of the people in the room start laughing. Some of them are like hugging each other. She's got it. There's just the exuberance. And I'm thinking, holy shit, what if I don't have it? (laughs) All I got was this noise. And then this, this full grown man stands in front of me and says, they're looking for me. And I said, well, who the hell are you? And he goes, I'm their brother. 
And I had disabilities when I was on earth. And what I did when I was excited to see them, I'd go whoop, whoop, whoop. (laughs) So I was giving them the cue that I was excited to see them. Mm -hmm. Well done, Karen. And I'm like, and he was, he's so cute. He's so funny. He's so freaking adorable. Excuse me, that um, I, I, you know what? I just got filled up with love, mm-hmm. and and already I got filled up with love just by the feeling that all the siblings are feeling in the room. And he goes, "Now I want to talk to these guys," and uh, these guys meaning that I have males and females in the room. Mm-hmm. And he said, um, "I need to kind of go around the circle, so we're going to start to your left, Karen." And I'm going to address each one in that particular order. Do not let them tell you otherwise. Okay. And I'm like, oh, so some things might feel like they think, oh, you mean so-and-so. So So they're going to kind of pull me? And he goes, yeah, I I believe that they will. And he says, so I'm just letting you know that you're going to, I want you to stay where I tell you to stay. Because it is going to have meaning for that person. And that person might know that someone else thinks it's their message. And I'll give you an example. So say I start with the first person and that person's name is... Oh, um, sorry, Daniel. Daniel. And Daniel gets told, Daniel, you were my favorite. And one of his sisters goes, oh, no, excuse me, you mean me. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And Daniel sits there and goes, no, I think he does mean me. It's just in a different way than you. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to take that away from you, sis, but we had our own thing too. Mm -hmm. And so that starts the session of that particular example of that he actually had, I'll say all of them as his favorites, but he's here to point out why they're his favorites. I fucking love it. Isn't that cute, Kelly? So he goes, I want to say to Daniel that Daniel was my favorite because he would just sit and play guitar. Like he, he didn't run around. He didn't want to do anything for me in the sense of bathe me, in the sense of change my diaper, in the sense of go get my meal or go get the groceries. But he would always come over and just sit with me. He would come over and play the guitar. Sometimes he'd sing, not a great singer, Karen. Mm -hmm. And he says, but that's totally fine. And he says, but when I saw him come or when, when he left or he'd be out the door and he'd yell at the door, bye, I'd go whoop, whoop. And that would be my buy. And he says, so I'm, I'm here to say that I recognize that my siblings had different purposes. And sometimes they fought amongst each other because they were angry about that. Mm. So he says, go to my next sibling beside Daniel now. And I, so I did. He says, I really want you to tell this brother, Brian, Brian that he's the one that changed my diaper. Like without him, I'd had ha- I would have had rashes. Aww. Without him, I I would have had bladder infections. Wow. Without him, like he he kept my bottom end clean, <laughs> and he said, and and he says, you know, he says he, he shouldn't have had to do that. Mm-hmm. He sh- he shouldn't have had to be somebody who changed his brother's diaper as a teenager, as a 
as a young man, as an older man, he goes, he just shouldn't have to do these things. And he goes, but he did. And he goes, and then he, he decided that it was so awkward to do sometimes that he'd just make that time joke time. Mm. So he'd come over and, or he'd be in the house and, and he would change my diaper and he says, and he'd clean me and he'd wash me. And he says, and so he'd tell me jokes. Mm-hmm. And he goes, and you know, he says, sometimes I'd smile and he goes, sometimes I didn't because I felt shame. Mm-hmm. And he goes, and then I'd have to kind of come out of my shame and think I can't keep sitting in my shame. I just have to love the fact that Daniel, pardon me, Brian will change my diaper mm-hmm. and that he'll wash me and that he'll actually come over twice a week to bathe me. So he goes, so, and you know, when they were younger, he lived in the house. So I have to remember that there are different time frames here, right? Mm-hmm. When, Dan, when Brian lives here. And when each of them are part of the living in family, and then when they are, I come to the house and when I come here, I do these things, which also means that there are other people that have to do it too. Mm -hmm. So he says, I just, I wanted to say to him, thank you. He doesn't really understand how big of a job he took on and the consequences for my health that that had, that I was kept clean. Mm -hmm. And he said, and then just the fact that he wanted to tell jokes doing it. And then he told dirty jokes, which just made it awkward. (laughs) Which everybody just started laughing at. Which brothers would do though. Right. Right. And then he says, so can you go to the next person? And I'm like, yes. And so I'm just literally going in an order. And he says, now, this is my sister. And he goes, she did the groceries. She did the cooking. Um, sometimes another sibling would pick up the groceries too, but this, this particular sister did most of the food stuff. And he says, and because of that, she became a chef. Oh, my goodness. And because of that, she has, uh, uh, um, I don't know how the right word for this, so I'm hoping that, you know, I'm not going to come out sounding ignorant and rude. But she cooks for people who do not have food. Wow. So she's a chef in her own restaurant, but then she takes all of the leftovers and she brings it to maybe what some people would call a soup kitchen, but I don't think it's a soup kitchen. I, it's meals. It's not just a lunch. So he says, so she's really like the kindness of her heart from all of the years of doing this for me really affected her, Mm -hmm. that she saw that other people have needs and that because they don't have money doesn't make them not smart, not loving, not kind, not every beautiful thing that a human being is. And she just saw a need and decided that's what I could do because that's what I love to do. And he says, and she's artistic as all get out, Karen. So she also paints with people Wow. and she also helps them paint and she'll supply, she'll bring the supplies. And he says, so she's, I can't say she's, she's my favorite because of the kindness of her heart. Mm-hmm. My other brother is my favorite because he kept my bottom end clean. Mm-hmm. He says, so like, they're all my favorite because they all have different purposes. And because of my life and the things that they had to do for me from day one, kind of pushed them into different careers and different ways that made their personality who they are. And he said, and that's why they're here today. They're here today because they all want to hear from me. But what I want to say to them is how they became who they are by choice. Beautiful. By love. Mm -hmm. By commitment. By accountability. 
by process, by responsibility. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah, you knocked this episode out of the park. Oh, I th- well, we both did, hon. So I said, um, what next? And he goes, well, I want you to go to my next sister. And he goes, because she was my sleeping partner. Aww. And I'm like, what? He goes, well, we didn't share a bed per se. Come on. Like, you know, she had her own room. And he goes, but whenever she had nightmares, she crawled in beside me. Aww. And he goes, so I'm her big brother. And she never saw it that because I wasn't like the rest of her siblings, that she didn't see me as less. Oh, sorry, that one hit me. Go ahead. I know you're making me cry. <laughs> we weren't supposed to cry at the Christmas show. That is so sweet. He said she came in and she crawled into the bed beside me. Oh, you're going to, this is going to be worse. This only gets worse at this point. He said, and I want to thank her because that's how I died. She crawled into bed beside me. And everybody in the family knew everybody's roles. And this is what I love about my family is that they all figured out as they aged that they all had a role and that this was the way we could be family and that, yes, you helped each other with the role and you filled in when someone couldn't be there. You knew someone, you know, if she couldn't be there and he needed something, someone else crawled into bed beside him and said, okay, she's not here. I know you want her instead of me. You'll have to do with me today. (laughs) You'll have to make do. Mm -hmm. But when he died, as many of them as possible crawled into bed. Oh, that's lovely. And they just literally, they let her spoon him. So she crawled in first and then she said to them, okay. I realize I'm the big spoon, but I need every spoon in the bed. And so they all got into the bed in a very awkward (laughs) situation. (laughs) Yeah, it reminds me of puppies and kittens. Siblings, the pack. Yeah. And so they just all got in with this grown man and they let him go. And he said, and so I am here today to thank them for all of the roles that they eventually assigned to themselves, saw in each other, had each other's back when I needed them, and that person wasn't there. And somehow, mom and dad got to love me as their son because all of the siblings figured out how to be there to help him. And it allowed the parents to sit back sometimes and just be mom and dad instead of always caretakers. Wow. That's lovely. And I did not, when I heard that story, Kelly, think that we would have cried through that one. And I don't know why I thought that. (laughs) Well, because we work through it in the session. Right. Right. I forget how easy it is not to cry when you're just, when you're trying to make sure that you're caring for the other person in a session, but that my crying comes through with you later. And happy dancing. And it comes through in the happy dances that I do. That was excellent. So I'd like to say to you, to Parker because he's sitting on the floor farting. <laughs> if you haven't smelled that by now, Kelly, I haven't. Oh my god, he farted in the second show. Okay, <laughs> so kudos to us for sitting through it. I want to say Merry Christmas to the spirit world first. Mm-hmm. I want them to have our first Merry Christmas, and then to each other, mm-hmm. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, 
And then to our clients who have stayed with us, joined us for the first time. Mm -hmm. Maybe they've just been here for a couple of days or a couple of shows, or maybe they've been here through the very beginning, show one, haven't missed a single show. Or maybe they spin the shows and they would listen to them randomly. Mm -hmm. However it is that they join us or they let us be part of their day and their life by bringing these stories as lessons. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.